0: Welcome to calling it out the podcast dedicated to calling out the BS in your head and teaching you how to free yourself from an eating disorder or an eating distress throughout this podcast we'll be looking at the way we think and how it impacts our behaviors with each episode we'll be teaching you how you can change your thinking in order to lead a freer life I'll be your host Jacqueline Campion Welcome to season two episode, God knows what. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you're finding the episodes helpful and they are giving you a bit of support and awareness throughout your freedom journey. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the topic of loneliness can sometimes be a bit of a taboo topic. So they're normally the ones that I like to explore. So why am I covering loneliness? Um, I think it's really important not to to melt the kind of fear around topics like loneliness. Um, without getting too kind of heavy straight away, It's it can be a really damaging, And devastating emotion if we are tempted to ignore it and avoid it or numb out from it. But if we're open and curious and removing that sense of shame and embarrassment with loneliness, then it can be a really... It can be a precursor for a really powerful kind of exploration to exploring what it is that maybe we need, because I think it's coming back to that sense of like, when you give yourself what you really need, that you'll get what you always want. And I think the sense of loneliness, especially nowadays in our society and in our culture, we have a very kind of busy society and we have a very kind of human doing society. And with all the Insta quotes and all the wellness programs and all the advocates for wellness out there and you know talking about slowing down and being a human being as opposed to a human doing I think it's just bringing the awareness that we still have quite a bit to unlearn in that area so why I'm covering the the topic of loneliness is that especially in sessions at the moment and you know the way the world is it's kind of you know life has gotten life has gotten quite small for many of us but for 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 others there's a sense of like not much change for us which can be quite a harrowing realization when you know you realize that we've kind of experienced our own internal kind of lockdowns and isolations before before anything else kind of came up um, in the world around us so I just think it's really important even if we're just allowing ourselves to acknowledge that sense of loneliness there really can be a sense that like we shouldn't be experiencing this and that we should be grateful but as soon as we start kind of shutting all over ourselves with those kind of things we deprive ourselves of the learnings and the realisations and when we're open to the learnings and the realisations you're going to be one step closer to creating that sense of fulfilment and contentment and ultimately making life easier Easier for yourself. So really with loneliness, um, I suppose even on the way in to do the episode this morning, even just driving in and reflecting on maybe when I've experienced, you know, a strong sense of loneliness, what, what really comes to mind is just it, it's it's quite a painful, it's gonna be quite a painful experience. And I suppose personally, the way that I would have maybe, well I wouldn't say dealt with it, but maybe responded to it or reacted to it was it was something that shouldn't be there and then I would just look externally to try kind of fill that hole in the soul and you know I suppose pretty much became like I mean what would be seen as like a a class clown and saw themselves as somebody that would be there just to kind of win the room or constantly looking for that approval appraisal acceptance um from from other people so I think one thing with loneliness is even looking at how how can it show up and there really is a sense of like two sides of the same coin. So loneliness on one side is that we can really kind of, you know, go into ourselves and isolate ourselves and whether it's in the family home, just going up to our rooms, not connecting with people, um, not engaging with people and then as a result there's a perfect kind of, what would you say, environment there for self-destructive behaviors to to come up and to to manifest so there's one sense of loneliness of that like where you slowly start to see yourself or somebody just kind of move away without any kind of explanation or expression and I think that's one thing as well even with loneliness is there's such a deficiency in honest expression especially when we're experiencing emotional distress and eating distress it can be really challenging to learn how to actually openly express ourselves about what's going on for us because of that maybe shame or embarrassment or what shouldn't be there and this all adds to kind of creating more loneliness but on the other side of things is that I suppose you know is is that other kind of part where we can sometimes want to stand out, we sometimes want to be heard, we want to be seen, we want to shout the loudest. Um whether that's our own personal kind of experiences or we're getting behind a cause and I think that's really important to just kind of look out for especially, you know, we do have I would say particular awareness, but sometimes it can be almost like the superficial awareness that you know Online, our presence online, how we express ourselves online, how we speak, the language that we use, the tonality, our intention. There can be a lot of negative narcissism. And when you are very much so wrapped up in your own life, your own thoughts, your own mission, you could be part of a cause that you're very much so maybe taking personally. I suppose you can get that kind of information to how you kind of react. You can be very defensive or you can wrap your identity into something that you are fighting for. And this is kind of like, I suppose, a bit of a new age adaptation of, of loneliness and what we kind of, you know, even in terms of like our our status, our, our social status, our, our achievements, our achievements and, and, and things that we kind of, I think, When you notice somebody who's speaking a lot about what they're doing and what they're doing so well and how great things are going for them and how how wonderful things are in life and their relationship or with themselves or when you kind of hear this kind of constant kind of almost like reassuring themselves and almost trying to kind of justify how great something is going for them. It gives us a lot of information on like what's actually being expressed underneath the underneath the words that are that are underneath what we're actually kind of hearing what's actually being said here so loneliness can be somebody in their room alone not speaking to anybody else or it can be the complete kind of opposite side of the same coin where it's somebody really making sure that their presence is known whether that be in a social situation and I suppose you know personally that definitely would have been my personal experience I mean if you're on the outside looking in it probably would have looked like that if I was a bar of chocolate I'd eat myself up no problem so you know that kind of pressure to be for- perform and I think on the previous episodes talking about pressure and um, it's important to even kind of take that into account that 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 the way that we're living our lives if there's a lot of pressure there if there's a lot of busyness there and um, you know nowadays we've so much choice and we've been re- well you know, before like all those bits and bobs are happening. But as the world kind of opens up, you know, compared to maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, there's so much choice. You can go anywhere, you can do anything, any activity, any language, you know, everything is so available to us. And there can come with that, that sense of kind of pressure that we spoke about in previous episodes. And when we get really involved in a lot of these external things, and I can see that quite happen quite a lot, Especially, um, but I kind of across the board with different generations that. The more that we're doing, the more we're, the the more we're kind of, yeah, the more that we're doing, the more we're stepping into that human doing and stepping away from that human being, which is creating much more disconnection, you know, from ourselves. We're often not allowing ourselves to stop and reflect and say, like, is this what I value? Is this what I would like to do? Or is this what I think I should do? So just really tying it into the previous kind of topics of pressure and, and just kind of, yeah, just take a note that especially now when the world is reopening and there's going to be there's going to be a lot of organized connections there's going to be a lot of organized fun and you're going to hear it maybe a lot about like you know slow down take a deep breath put boundaries in place and slowly integrate ourselves but as You know, it's it's supposed it's even bringing the awareness to that, that there can be an impulse to either completely back away because you feel the pressure there or to absolutely jump into the deep end. And if you are organizing, you know, connections or meetups or see anything like that, just to even. I suppose, yeah, bring an awareness there about your expectations that you might sometimes even feel a little bit more disconnected or empty and i think that's one thing with loneliness is that to understand a lot of the time it can be really highlighted when you are in in a room of people with it with your family with a friend when you're in these kind of environments that where you technically theoretically shouldn't be lonely it can be a time where it's the most painful and i suppose personally when i think about loneliness one of the most painful times for me would have been when things on paper were coming were coming together quite well but i was still so disconnected from myself and so disconnected from you know even I didn't really have that sense of self yet. I didn't feel safe within myself or secure within myself. So it really highlighted a lot of pain. There was a real sense that something was missing for me. And I think that part of like that something that is missing is that connection with ourselves. You know, we're, we're often maybe looking like that kind of loneliness as well, that can come up in so many different places. I think it can show up in our relationships, with friends, with partners, professionally in relationships, um, in our family home. You know, some of us, you know have the privilege of 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 growing up in a maybe loving supportive environment and some of us don't have that experience where maybe family isn't necessarily blood that we are finding our connections and we're finding our tribe elsewhere and i think one thing is like the nature of especially eating distress is that it, i would kind of almost refer to it's like this black sheep syndrome that many of us from at a very early age remember this kind of sense of never fitting in and never belonging and that can really be just as a byproduct of that kind of not good enough syndrome and that kind of idea that like we're 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 disconnected and we're different and i think that's ultimately like one of the definitions of shame is is that that sense of like i'm wrong and that i'm bad and that i'm I'm disconnected, I'm different to what people are experiencing and it's quite interesting when I even put it out on the Marino TC Instagram that how many people were writing in as well even talking about how I feel so lonely experiencing eating distress, I feel like nobody understands and almost this kind of visual where like you know you're within your own kind of glass case on the outside looking in on the rest of the world and I think it's even bringing awareness that can be like an automatic unconscious experience for us from a young age but sometimes as well with the nature of eating distress is that it doesn't always we can sometimes stay in that and that like nobody understands and it's quite hard for us. So even just finding that balance of like acknowledging that sense of disconnection, acknowledging that sense of loneliness and somebody beautifully wrote in their own experiences of, of kind of feeling very lonely and feeling like they didn't have somewhere or someone safe that they could connect to. So what they did was then actually get curious about like, OK, this is where I'm at And I'm going to allow myself to look at what could I do about it to to make this easier for myself and actually writing a list of suggestions of what we can practice when we're experiencing loneliness. And I've spoken about it before, but it's really that sense of like, if you want to melt that sense of loneliness, that sense of emptiness, that sense of disconnect, that sense of, you know, I'm never going to fit in here and I'm not understood one of the antidotes, the main antidotes for that is connection. And if you want to connect with yourself, with your body, with the world around you, ultimately that's going to come from a place of really connecting with yourself. And I suppose that comes to a previous, you know, topic that we've spoken about on the podcast in season one about awareness. And there's those different parts of like there's still parts of ourselves that we're yet to discover and you know many of our parts many parts of ourselves is even like recovering the the real the real the real you and and I suppose what I mean when I'm saying that is that like the real you in terms of like what are your values, you know, when you maybe get rid of the kind of pressures and the shoulds, like what is it that you actually need and value at the moment? And what if we were kind of almost letting go of the fears and allowing ourselves to actually just connect with those values? Because in different cultures, and different environments, it can even feel like if you are watching something and you think you know if you maybe see something and you recognize something maybe unauthentic behind the intention or you know you can sometimes maybe what am I trying to say it's like even for want of more psychological psychological jargon if you're watching something or seeing something happen on a personal level or a universal level where there's a sense of like you can suppose I want to say you can smell a rat that you can see that something is sinister you can see that something is unauthentic you can see that yeah, things are not what they seem whether that's on a personal or universal level there can be another side where you sometimes think is just is this just me am I the only one that's seeing that and that can bring up a lot of anger and resentment and loneliness and that can build a lot of sadness when you maybe see people brainwashed and ED, emotional distress, and eating distress is really on a smaller scale. It is brainwashing. So you can see that on a personal level and you can see that on a universal level. When you maybe start recovering, and this is one thing that was really interesting that came in, a lot of the time people were saying when their behaviours were melting and the more that they were start recovering, they actually experienced more loneliness because our behaviours are there to numb out the discomfort that comes with experience and loneliness. So the more that you start recovering, recovering your real self, your true self, connecting with your values, you start dating yourself, you start prioritising yourself, you start allowing yourself to be seen and heard by yourself. There can be a sense of loneliness, especially when eating distress or emotional distress or self-harm or depression or anxiety. It's been so much of our identity that you're kind of moving away from that. And there's this kind of limbo land where you can kind of think, okay, well, there was my safety net for a long time. It can be like even with our education, with our jobs, we often just kind of follow suit and we can slip into the system. But when we start recovering, we can start questioning things and that can be either terrifying or it can be liberating. So with loneliness, it's an opportunity, as always, recognizing maybe not straight away, jump into the default of criticism and that it's wrong, but that it's information and it could be a calling to look at something deeper. You know, where that sense of fulfillment, recovery is not about being happy. It's about bringing that sense of peace and contentment even amidst, I can never pronounce that word, but even among all of that chaos, whether that's in your family home, whether that's with their with the world around you whether that's on a kind of personal level or a universal level the freedom is recognizing that no matter where you are what you're experiencing that when you've got that close relationship with yourself and you feel connected to yourself and you're dating yourself and you're getting to know yourself and you're accepting yourself and you're valuing yourself you're 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 fulfilled internally So it's much easier. I often kind of refer to freedom as that like it's almost like it oozes out that you can the connections to the world around us become much easier. So if you are in a place that you have removed the fear and shame or embarrassment that there is a sense of loneliness, which is ultimately just a sense of disconnection. Now, our favorite question, as always, is what can we do about it? And first of all, I suppose it's getting into that habit of asking. The questions are almost more important than the answer. Like, what can we do about it? So it's not about minimizing your experience, as I said, even to kind of while driving in here to, to reconnect with the the experiences of loneliness and and the pain that really you know came up for me and you know I suppose just when you kind of look back and you see all these things that you were doing and saying that you never really wanted to do and say but I think it's a case of just like okay so what can we do about it so if loneliness is going to be really a byproduct of disconnection a more helpful question can be like okay, so where do I have opportunities for connection? So first of all, even looking at connection, what's your definition of connection? Have you ever experienced a sense of connection? How would you describe that experience of connection? What were you notice happening in, noticing happening in your body when you experienced that sense of connection? You know, so first of all, really getting a sense of like, what connection looks like for you, and have you experienced that somewhere before? And when you were experiencing that sense of connection, what wasn't happening then? What did you allow yourself to let go of? We carry so much bullshit in our head and in our bodies, an old history that just doesn't serve us anymore within our subconscious mind, within our nervous system, that this old rewiring to protect ourselves. And I use big, massive inverted commas with protecting ourselves. What we have now, like, look, in fairness, the subconscious mind, as I said, the rise and fall of it is that it will do exactly what you tell it to do. So it's even being aware of what these fears are. I'm afraid to be seen. I'm afraid to be caught out Um, I'm afraid to be found out I'm afraid that when they see parts of me they'll leave me I'm afraid I can't maintain this but whatever the fear is what if just for today what if I allowed myself to let go of that fear because like in any like this is going to be coming back to dating yourself what do you actually enjoy? This is one thing with eating distress and emotional distress. We're too busy doing things that we think that we should, that we sometimes don't even realize that like what our hobbies are, what we enjoy doing, what do we value? You know, 20% of what you do is going to impact 80% of your life. And there, we can sometimes be the first to say, I wish I would more time for that. Isn't that well for so-and-so going off and doing all those things? I'm not able to do that. Pure excuses, And I think that's so important as well that like we're not minimising the pain that comes with loneliness, but there's a difference between pain and suffering. So we don't necessarily have to prolong this. So looking for lists and opportunities of even just small talk. One thing is that like and we don't always realise it, but especially even in Ireland, mad for the small talk and we don't always realise how powerful or even appreciate how powerful it can be. It's not what we're saying. It's just simple connections to another human being. And the intellect that we often carry around with eating distress dismisses this. And sure, that doesn't get us very far when you look at where we've kind of gotten to looking down on simple connections. Some of us can go the whole day with even talking to a single soul. What you used to do, kind of go even simple things, going to the supermarket. And looking at that temptation to go and kind of, okay, there's a machine I can pay and kind of go, no, I'm actually going to queue up to not underestimate the power of human connection, because we are neurologically wired for connection and we literally cannot survive with one another. We're yes, we're different. But we have so many aspects of ourselves connecting us to one another. And one thing that someone wrote in into the Instagram as well, found really interesting is that through the recovery post process, they were able to identify the sense of loneliness much more. And even through groups or through listening to podcasts like this or through reading blogs on the on the Marino Therapy Center website or you know reminding yourself that you're not alone and sometimes just to even remind yourself to mind yourself how often do you allow yourself to sit and actually write a list of the people that care for you you know some of us and some of you are in very challenging situations you know and especially through what's been happening in the world that's been quite highlighted that you can sometimes maybe you know your family haven't maybe gotten on board they're not part of your recovery journey but that doesn't mean That you're on your own. So even a simple exercise of actually writing a list today of people that actually care for you. Whether you realise it or not, or you trust it or not, or you believe it or not yet, you are cared for. People want to be in your company. And you don't even need to know why. I used to ask myself that all the time. Why do people actually want to hang out with me? That's not for you to decide. So get out of... Get out of other people's heads. But actually, writing a list and just having that somewhere where you can see it on a daily basis, that you're cared for, that people want you in this world. Because unfortunately, loneliness, loneliness can lead us down a very slippery path that nobody ever has to go down. You're cared for, you're loved. You, if you feel like you haven't found your tribe yet, if you feel like you haven't found someone or somewhere, whether that's just nature, whether it's the ocean, whether it's the trees, whether it's, whether it's the forest, whether it's somebody, if you haven't found that yet, trusting what would that look like? What would that even feel like? What would that experience be like for me if I found someone that I was trusting somewhere where I felt safe? Or maybe you already have that space. Where do I feel safe? Where do I feel connected? And come into the body and even anchor in that because those experiences, we can, we can carry those with us when we're going on our day-to-day kind of errands, that sense of safety and security. So a question was sent in to the Marino TC Instagram, which once again, can't thank you enough for sending in these questions and the feedback, especially for today's episodes, the level of openness and vulnerability that really comes with sending those in. It's just a level of courage never ceases to amaze me and genuinely is really inspiring. So thank you for sending it in. One person was actually asking about... How do you actually approach, you know, either a parent or a carer when you want it to kind of, I suppose, sharing with them your experiences? So there's, a, there's there's kind of two things with this is that like there can be simple ways of doing that. Do you know, I suppose with eating distress, there's still because we're still there's so much to understand about it. And when you're personally experiencing it as well, there can be a lot of challenges. But across the board, whether it's emotional distress or eating distress, I think it's even with the language is that like one may be thinking about what you hope to get from that conversation. Some of us have people in our lives and this is one thing. So maybe, yeah, what do you want to get from the conversation? So looking at the expectations because what is it that you want to come away with and what is it that you want to share with them? So it's much easier to express and talk to somebody about what you're experiencing when you have a greater understanding of what you're experiencing. So sometimes as well, we can be so kind of, let's say, keen for other people to understand. So first I would look at the other questions that like, okay, what's your understanding of what you're experiencing at the moment? Is it a sense of loneliness? It is, a, is it a sense of distress? Are you finding things challenging? Do you find things challenging with your body? Do you feel overwhelmed around food? Do you feel a lot of red thoughts and a lot of self-limiting beliefs? So even just kind of getting pen to paper and even thinking about what's my understanding about what's going on for me at the moment and even thinking it, inking it to get that clarity parents carers friends guardians they're all human beings so they're all fabulously imperfect in their own way so i think it's important as well to kind of Look at our expectations. You know, some of us have people in our families that are willing to learn. So that, you know, that can be, you can be really lucky in that way. Some of us have friends that are willing to learn. So just even what you're hoping to get from that. And then there can be simple things of like even just sending a link maybe to, even to the the Marina website and kind of like, you know, I read this blog and this really kind of described what I'm experiencing. Or you're sending on maybe a link to the the Call It Out podcast, maybe one of the episodes of what's eating distress or what's recovery or maybe, but yeah, what is eating distress and kind of saying, this is something I listen to and it really kind of helps verbalize what I'm experiencing. So even ourselves, is that like asking ourselves, what, how can our, the, maybe the people in our lives help support us or maybe what is it that we want from the people in our lives? Because some in some situations, they're in a position to give that to us, which is absolutely fabulous. But in other situations, unfortunately, as a result of their own experiences, they may not be in a position to necessarily give us what we want from them at that time. So, if you are, so even keeping it simple and kind of, okay, I, I've, I was reading up on the eating distress, I was reading up on emotional distress, and I really resonate with it. And maybe I've started listening to these podcasts, or I've maybe started going to group sessions, or if it's something that you say, I'd like to start kind of attending one to one sessions, I just want to let you know you know because I'm finding it quite challenging you know if there's someone if in your life whether it's your you know in your family structure that there maybe isn't that kind of support I suppose it's even like you know recognizing that if you can maybe speak to a partner if you could speak to a friend and if none of those are an option at the moment even just come into the group on a Tuesday or a Saturday and even just reminding yourself that you're not alone so I know we, none of us can recover on our own, but that doesn't necessarily mean that family and friends have to be involved in the recovery in order for us to be recovered. So one thing is that ultimately it will be about your understanding and what you're experiencing. So I know this wasn't necessarily what was intended with the question, but I just want to look at another side of it as well. It's just I can't emphasize enough if if it's in your language that no one understands and no one gets it. Teach them, you know. This isn't the same. Even with the loneliness, this isn't a place for blame and frustration. And as somebody who was like a red, it was like a red rag to a bull when I felt like someone didn't understand X, Y, and Z. You can get a lot of anger and resentment. So even kind of, well, what's your understanding? what would you like other people to understand and how could you maybe teach them and checking in with your expectations of other people as well and if you feel like family and friends maybe don't want to get involved or they don't understand it and they're not willing to learn you're not on your own with these podcasts you know following the Marino TC, Instagram coming along to groups reading the blogs to recognise that you are not on your own with what you're experiencing at this time and it can be temporary